it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. Following the debacle in the Bronx, the Red Bulls responded in a positive manner with back-to-back victories over D.C. and Houston. We analyze each 1-0 win and preview New York's match north of the border in Montreal against the Impact. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Full of Bulls podcast. Alongside Alfredo Fumasas, I am Mike Corbett. We're talking all things affiliated with the New York Red Bulls. Of course, follow us on our Twitter page, at FOBS Podcast. Um, subscribe on iTunes. You can also find us on Podbean if you don't have all the Apple products and, and that nonsense like myself, which I don't. Uh, Alfredo, how you doing? I, I know... Um, yeah, Benfica, they got into the Champions League, so everything's looking pretty good. They drew 1-1 against uh, uh, Sporting, though. But, hey, yeah. they're, they're back in the Champions League, so it's good for them to get that, that payday, you know? There's $40 million just to get in there, so uh, can't be happy. I'm, Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm hoping that this podcast is is a little bit more cheery than the last one, but yeah, you need yeah. to get stuff off of your chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe if you want to hear me rant, maybe I'll do a Manchester United one here. Uh, <laughs> momentarily. I'm, I'm giving them until uh, next weekend before I'll, I'll probably do one on the have another doing it, which we used to do a lot as well. So I'm going to maybe start that up again, talk about other stuff. Um, all right, but we are here right now to talk about the New York Red Bulls, as we have been all year on the Full of Bulls podcast. And yeah, as you said, if um, if you're just wondering if you hadn't listened to last week's podcast, you can go and, and listen to it. And I had some choice words to say about the Red Bulls and their performance at Yankee Stadium. But um, on the heels of that, two back-to-back victories at Red Bull Arena, two separate one-nil victories. The first one we'll ta- uh, talk about real quick. Uh, last Sunday night over the old rival, DC United, it clinched the Atlantic Cup, part of the whole MLS less marketing rivalry week red bulls legend thierry Henry was in attendance um you know he played for some smaller clubs over in europe before he came played for a major club like the red bull so it was good to see him back at red bull arena i think he gave bwp some grief after the game when uh bwp missed that shot towards the end of the end of the match but uh after a scoreless first half kaku fired one home in this 56 minute really nice goal i think it's up for a uh, goal of the week as well and it also helped earn him um mls team of the week honors him and kamar lawrence um so that put them ahead one nil that was the only score of the game although about 10 minutes later it was a little bit of a nervy moment as they like to say over in, in England, which of course it, it involved the all-time leading scorer in England, Wayne Rooney, put a shot off the crossbar and into the stands on a wide open look on goal. I saw that. I was going, oh man. Yeah. But um, he did miss, and the Red Bulls ran it out, a 1 0 victory. With that win over DC, the Red Bulls eclipsed the 50 point mark in MLS for the seventh straight season, tying them with the LA Galaxy for the longest streak in league history. Three nights later, New York were back at Red Bull Arena in Jersey versus the, the struggling Houston Dynamo. And I like their jerseys that they were wearing, Alfredo. It was sort of a, to pay homage to Houston Astros, the defending World Series champions. There was plenty of turnover, though, from the roster Wednesday night than there was Sunday with uh, a lot of these games coming you know, hot and heavy with the you know being at Vancouver, you know, at Yankee Stadium. Home uh, Sunday, then they'll be traveling, which we'll talk about later, traveling to Montreal to have a game there Saturday night. So there was a lot of turno- uh, turnover. Christian Caceres got the start. Andreas Ivan got the start. 
Brian White all getting their first ever starts in Major League Soccer. And it actually was the first ever appearance in MLS for Caceres. Fidel Escobar also was called back into the starting lineup at cornerback, cornerback, center back. His first appearance for the Red Bull since I, I believe it was before the, the World Cup, before he left for the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. He got it back there to give Aaron Long a bit of a spell. Um, Brian White, congratulations to him, New Jersey guy. Gets the only goal of the match at 55th minute, almost right, right around the same time that Kaku scored on, on Sunday night with a, a feed from Alex Muil. It was White's first ever goal in MLS after he'd been playing down in uh, USL for RB2 and had a couple goals down there. Luis Robles did have to make some uh, good saves. He did had three saves on the night to pick up his second straight shutout. Uh, his 10th of the 2018 season, 59th of his MLS career. It was also the 96th career victory in MLS for Robles as he inches closer to the 100 uh, victory mark. It was the 11th win at Red Bull Arena for New York, and they've picked up a possible 34-42 points at home. Chris Armist now 7-2-2 as Red Bull's head coach since taking over for Jesse Marsh. Red Bulls are now unbeaten, Alfredo, in their last six matches. Four wins, two draws since their last loss over a month ago, July 28th, to Columbus at Red Bull Arena. So they finished uh, the month of August, since they don't play again until September 1st. Uh, they finished the month of August unbeaten. So uh, good for the Red Bulls right there. With both wins now, which maybe sometimes writing them off like me. I always like to jump the gun, but who knows? They now sit in first place, not only in the Eastern Conference, but for the Supporters' Shield standings with 55 points after 27 games, putting them one point ahead of Atlanta United. However, the whole time, the Red Bulls always had these games on hand. Now Atlanta United has a game on hand on the Red Bulls going forward. But, you know, it's always good to you know, grab the lead when you can. All right. Um, looking at these games, uh, Alfredo, uh, let me get my other notes here, my, my rant notes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't want to be too negative about uh, both performances because, as you said, you, I think you texted me earlier. You said, you know, one of the things you want to get into, you know what, just keep on winning. So, yeah, I will say that, but especially don't want to be too negative after the last week's podcast. The last loss was over a month ago, a game that actually almost came back and drew level in, but they, they did fall to defeat. Let's look at their current score lines in the, the past six matches, though. Um, two to one win over LAFC, one nothing win at Chicago, two two at Vancouver. Here we go. One one at Yankee Stadium versus NYCFC. 1-0 over D.C., 1-0 over Houston. Compared to what they were early in the year, they are getting the wins, but they're not racking up uh, many goals over the last month. All right, The last time the Red Bulls actually scored more than two goals is back on July 14th. It was a 3-2 win, comeback win at home over Sporting Kansas City. Um, Alfredo, you know, you're the guy who you know, always tries to – Put a little bit of a positive spin on things compared to my negativity. Not all the time, but um, I'm not trying to be too harsh, but is there maybe just a bit of a concern where um, the goals aren't really coming a lot right now at this point, or is it just maybe a little bit more of congestion uh, of the schedule? Is it maybe tactical, all the teams, the way they're playing against them, um, their defense? or what is it that you think? Yeah, look, to, to me, there's no concern, and uh, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, right. I think that uh, if you're if you're an avid listener of, of our podcast, 
Uh, the word consistency comes up a lot, and it's if it's something that the Red Bulls have been this year, they've been consistent. Uh, they have a winning record away from Red Bull Arena, uh, which is a, a rarity for many many teams in the MLS, uh, and they have been able to put uh, the consistent performances. They're not playing anyone out of the park at this point, but I'll tell you the reason why. They finally have a defensive unit that's solid that's cohesive that even when the rebels reach this part of the of the season where there's some tired legs games are coming fast and furious the defense is able to keep this team in the game so one game one goal is going to be enough sometimes two goals to overcome a deficit is going to be enough and the rebels have found a way that even though they're not playing anybody out of the park they have find they find ways to get that one goal, control the rest of the game, and be out. I look. I know that that Wayne Rooney miss that could have changed the 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 game complexion completely. But who's to say that the Red Bulls don't come back and they get the go ahead goal? Yeah, uh, maybe so, you, play, you play to the, the the current circumstances of the match at that point. Yeah. And that, and that's but, the thing. I mean, the the Red Bulls just seem to be doing what they can to win these games they're not doing too much they're not doing too little they just it's just what the doctor order it's that one goal it's that one turnover that's caused uh that frees up a guy it's that one brilliant pass to find bwp it's efforts like alex muil uh against houston on a on a byline to to serve up brian white those are the little things that the rebels are doing as sporadic and isolated as they may be, uh, that are making them and allowing them to win these games. And when you're allowing, um, when you're allowing yourself to be put in a position to win games like that, and you're really demonstrating that you're a really strong contender. And and regard, I think that the Rebels in years past, they probably tie this game against DC. They tie this game against Houston. They probably lose. A game against LA, and and this is a team that has found some consistency. But I think that you, when you look back, you have to look back at this back line and how solid they have. Uh, they have been. Um, I think that that Parker was a great addition to this to this back line. You add Parker with Aaron Long, the the two guys, and I know that Aaron Long hasn't been in uh, playing in MLS for too long, but he, he has had a partner next to him with the experience uh and being able to play well and both of them they they have kind of really have formed a really strong partnership that if you look at the rest of the MLS there's probably not a better partnership the Red Bulls have the best defense in this MLS uh they're uh, they're tied for, with Portland for the best defense with only 26 goals allowed so uh, even though the, the, the Rebels aren't just running up the score lines, their defense is keeping them in the games that you all they need is really one one goal. I've always talked about when you don't score goals, you put the pressure on the defense. But the Rebels have the defense that is that is, is take, soaking up this pressure and reacting well, defending well. And then when you have a defense that that performs like that your front line know that all they need really need to do is score one goal to get the result 
Yeah, all that stuff you're talking about, uh, the defense, I think you're making uh, Jose Mourinho jealous right now. <laughs> I'm sitting there listening to all those things. I'm going, wow. It's a Obviously, it's different leagues. I get that, you know, but uh, totally a different, different, um, different outlook on each of those clubs. All right, uh, back to uh, the D.C. game. I have an idea what, what, how you'd probably go with this, though. Um, overall, the the effort in that game, was is that the type of uh, you wanted to see from the Red Bulls following the debacle in the Bronx last Wednesday? Was there anything else that maybe they could have done in that match, or was it just go out, as you said, just go out there, you know – you know, DC had some opportunities, but it wasn't as if they were really threatening or pushing yeah. the balls for most of that match. Well, you know, when a team uh, gives up points or has an unfavorable result, the the the, ne the the next thing that the players look forward to is the next game, so they can redeem themselves. And I'm I'm happy that the DC game came as quick as it came, and it was a home game. Which all you know, the rebels are very comfortable at home, as as everyone knows, and as the record will show. Uh, but I think that look, you don't have to play DC out of the park to 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 show the fans that you bounce back from that debacle in New York, which could have been a lot worse. You could have lost the game. But I think that the rebels entered this game. They recognize that this is the DC team that's that it's that's been re-energized by Wayne Rooney. They're surging. They're trying to make a push to make the playoffs. And I think that the Red Bulls were just themselves. You know, here we are. Look, we're we're on top of the Eastern Conference or one one of the leaders of the Eastern Conference at the time. And you're not going to come into our house. And despite your surge, you're not going to get the result. And I think that the Red Bulls at this point. They're very cynical. They're a team that knows of their capabilities. Uh, they they're they're secure and what they could do and their abilities. And I think that this is a very confident Red Bull team right now that knows exactly what they could do and uh, to to shut out the opponents. All right, uh, from that DC game, uh, totally different look, uh, pretty much with. Uh, the Houston game where uh, the Red Bulls going to Houston's really been uh, struggling this year. Uh, they're, they're trying to get things turned around, but it looks like it's going to be another uh, non-playoff season there in Houston. With uh, the roster rotation for the game against the Dynamo Wednesday night, what did you think of, um, you know, uh, hey, as you said, three points, one no victory, who cares? But just uh, – what you saw from a lot of those Red Bulls, some of them making their first ever MLS starts, some of them made, and Caceres making his first ever appearance in MLS as well. Just overall, what, what the guys uh, put out there Wednesday night. Look, I, I think that uh, all season we've been talking about how deep these Red Bulls are, uh, especially with the emergence of these young players, young players that have been able to step in and give their contribute. And this is just a, another example. This is a reflection on how hard these kids are are, are working both uh, in training and when they're they're playing for the B team, uh, and I think look the the first half was was a, was a little bit sloppy, uh, but I, I I didn't think that uh, that the that that these guys performed that well. Six starters sat, and I think that uh, Jesse uh, Jesse I always go to Jesse. Uh, <laughs> I think Chris Armas uh, did well to do that, but then again, look. There's there's a tremendous work being done by this coaching staff, not only uh, Armas's co coaching staff, but Wollenek's co coaching staff also, to really observe and stay uh, 
uh, and see the progression of these guys. Uh, I'm sure Armas is getting reports saying this kid is ready. This guy is ready. This guy could do this. And I mean, that there's a recognition of how hard these players are working to deserve a chance. And I think that when you're offered a chance and you're given a chance, it only makes these kids work harder. So, yeah, it, it's always uh, nerve wracking to, to, to play your first MLS game uh, in front of Red Bull Arena. Uh, but I thought that the, these kids do good, but it, it just goes back to all the preparation that's been done by both Wollenek's staff and Armas's staff to have these kids ready to go. And I think that at this point and playing as many games as you played in the past four weeks, uh, that you really need to give BWP a, a rest because he's he's already he's up there in age. Um, and some of the guys need to, to get ready. Aaron Long, who's played all season, uh, Kamar Lawrence, who's always a workhorse. These guys deserve to 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 get a rest. And I thought that the Rebels uh, uh, did very well. And again, we're able to get that one goal. Yeah, as you're saying, the guys getting a rest where BWP didn't have to come into the game. Um, Kamara Lawrence didn't have to come into the game. Uh, Kaku didn't have to come into the game. Aaron Long did come in towards the end. Uh, just to, to help clean things up, maybe just to, to, to make sure you know the game stayed at 1-0 at the end. Not that they were really threatening, but just to make sure. And Danny Royer came on, I think, for about 20 or 23 minutes. You know, but, you know, yeah, he's make, they're making midweek appearances, but they're not going out there for the full 90 or even you know playing an hour. So they came on, had, had a little run out at the end just to make sure. So that was huge. As you're saying, with the turnover and bringing guys up from RB2, one guy, we congratulate him before, Brian White. He comes up, gets his first start. He made you know first appearance at, at Vancouver, and he almost scored then. Um, but he comes in, first start. He gets the pass from Alex Muell, scores his first goal. The Red Bulls have always been looking for someone to either you know, back up or help complement Bradley Wright Phillips as another option up at, at, at the striker position. You know, the Red Bulls, sometimes they say, oh, we don't really need a, another striker. We have all these other options. But I think just to have someone that's, you know, strictly a striker where, you know, if BWP, there's certain games when it's hot, he does get a little gas. You can bring him on or someone you can maybe put him on, on up there with him. Yeah. You know, Derek Etienne Jr., there was someone maybe there were, Possibly, yeah, I know he's played sometimes out on the wing and stuff like that, but a lot of the times they've been looking for him to maybe help fill that role as well. Um, is this maybe Brian White? It's an early sample size. But is this someone that could possibly you know, go the rest of the way, really provide that number two option to BWP up top? Yeah, look, I, Chris Armas uh, had a, a very, very good words uh complimenting Brian White. He think he was saying that uh White is kind of, is very similar to to uh, BWP in a way that they kind of have a nose for goal. They kind of uh read the play very well, know where to put themselves in a position where they're going to have a a good look at it. And and stuff like that it's very hard to teach forwards sometime and to teach guys that are that are more speedy, that rely on, on their explosive first step, like at the end. There's right. guys that are just cynical in front of gold, that they know where to cheat. They know if they need to play off a, off a shoulder. Uh, they know if they need to beat somebody to, to a run, to a space where the ball is going to end up. And, and Armas said that about Brian White. So is he, a, when, you, when you go back to your question, is he a, an alternative 
to BWB? Absolutely is. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he is also RB2's uh best goal scorer, if I'm not mistaken. I would have to look that up. I'm just off the top of my head, but I think he's been the guy that's scored the most goals for RB2. I don't have their stats in front of me, but I'll, a lot of times when I look at their that box scores, he's usually on, on the, the score sheet a lot. So I don't right. have his number, but you know, you figure he gets he gets up the 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 promotion to the MLS squad, you know, due to what he's doing down there in uh, USL. No, absolutely. And look, I I think he's a viable and uh, a viable option because uh, as as we have seen all season. Um, and I, I haven't seen him in such a long time that I forget his name. The the dude, the, the Colombian that we brought from Orlando, and I apologize for not remembering it. Oh, Carlos Rivas. Right. So yeah. he hasn't been an option. I don't even know where he is. I don't know if he's hurt, but yeah. he sure hasn't been an option. Who also came from Orlando. He's out for the year with an injury. I know that. Well, that, that uh, Red, Tommy he's Redding, more, I know. Or defender, though, but I'm just saying, I know he's out. I'd, I'd have to look up with uh, Rivas. Yeah, stuff. but uh, they brought in Rivas as a guy who could back up uh, BWB, yeah. and he's just been gone, MIA. I, I know he was someone where, you know, he often frustrated the fans down in Orlando as well. Right. And, you know, he showed some possible moments and other ones you, you just look. Say, All right. I, I mean, there, there's guys that certain systems and certain coaches isn't for them. Uh, guys that are going, and I'm not saying this is Revis's case, but guys that are going to have a, a poor work ethic that are not going to put in the effort in the training sessions, it's not going to go for this Red Bull uh, coaching staff. Uh, the Red Bulls are very intense. They work very hard uh, because that is the way they also play. So if you catch a guy that's just going through the motions in practice and hoping that he's going to get a shot and a lineup, that's that's not that's not going to happen. But again, I'm not saying that's what, what Rivas brings to the team, that there's a lack of effort. Oh, but because- I, I totally forgot about this to interrupt with uh, Rivas. They, they loaned him out to uh, Atletico Nacional. Oh, and- there you go. So th- that explains why I haven't seen him around. <laughs> it happened you know, July 9th. Was I, was I away on vacation at that point? Yeah, I don't know. So or- obviously... Obviously, not good and not good enough to uh, even be considered as part of this roster. So take it for for what you will. And my apologies once again for not knowing that he uh, that he had been loaned out. I did read that, but it's just uh, out of sight, out of mind, as they say. I wonder, I wonder if Carlos knows he was loaned out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be curious to see if he's getting any playing time down in uh, wherever he went, South America. Maybe go get our boy. Uh... Cristiano Oliveira, I know he's back stateside. We'll get him on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do have a question. I, I have to, um, I don't know, I got to ask around this because uh, what you were talking about with, um, th- th- this just came up as we were, you were talking about where, you know, the guys with RB2 and wanting to get the call up to ML, you know, to the, to the big club and, you know, wanting to prove that they belong. And once they get that taste, they want to stay there. I have to look with the the whole compensation where um, compared to when you play in a USL game, because I know it's not the same contracts. I, I got to look that up because I know it's different with, say, with Major League Baseball. When you go up there, you get a bigger compensation than when you, you, know, yeah. you get back down to the minors and stuff like that. There's certain contracts. I have, I have to look up. That, look, like, it's like getting a night differential if you work the night shift. You get a yeah. couple more cents an hour. Yeah. 
nice. I'm, I'm sure that that's included in their in their contract that if yeah, they yeah there's gotta be you know because i think they're they do have some guys with like two-way contracts and stuff like that yeah. but i know the contract brian white just signed was a red bulls mls contract so right and a lot of guys uh, do sign the red bulls and then you, you the red bulls announced that they've been loaned after rb2 yeah yeah that that is true all right uh, other Red Bull news, I had mentioned it earlier, Kaku and Kamar Lawrence, due to their efforts from last week, made MLS Team of the Week presented by Audi, both made to starting 11. Red Bull, too, as we say, how much they contribute to the success of the, the parent club. They played a 4-4 draw down in South Carolina against the Charleston Battery. Now, uh, I, I, I texted you, I don't know if the picture came through. RB2 were down 3-0 in this match before the Battery had a man red carded. They rallied to score the next three goals. Go figure. A Red Bull team being able to score goals while they're up a man, you know? <laughs> but, but then Charleston jumped right back ahead with a, scoring a goal down a man. But then Tom Bartlow scored his third goal of the game in the 88th minute to help capture the point for RB2. They finished 4-4 against Charleston. For his effort, Charleston, Tom Bartlow also made USL Player of the Week honors. So that's good for him. RB2. If people are interested, Friday night, they're back home on the, the campus of Montclair State against the Ottawa Fury. Uh, I think it's probably, oh, it's Friday night, so it's got to be around a 7 or 7.30 kickoff. I apologize. I know they write it down. But another game that does have a 7.30 kickoff, that will be the New York Red Bulls visiting Montreal against the Impact Saturday night at Saputo Stadium, right next to the Olympic Stadium. Game will be broadcast on MSG. Impact, um, yeah, they've been up and down. They currently sit sixth in the sixth and final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference, four points ahead of New England. But the Revs do have two games in hand on Montreal. Uh, the uh, the Impact are coming off a three one loss to rival Toronto FC last Saturday. Um, through their last six games, the Impact only one win and three draws. So. Uh, you know, during this time of the year when you really want to be playing your, your best soccer, it's a little sketchy for them right now. Back to the Red Bulls, though, with the whole playoff outlook. Uh, it's like to mention some of the other teams right, you know, in within their um, who they're battling with. Atlanta United do play on Sunday night at D.C. NYCFC, who are in third place with 48 points through 26 games, are in Columbus Saturday night night they also have a wednesday night game at home versus new england during uh, the so you know the international breaks i guess they got some game to make up red bulls alfredo always uh, i remember us mentioning this last year on the podcast when they were heading up to montreal they always seem to have a hard time when they're uh, visiting quebec i don't know what it is i don't know if they're going out partying too much the only time they've won there was the first time they ever visited there i was at this game at 2012 at uh the Olympic Stadium, where the Red Bulls won the game 2-1. I think Dane Richards had uh, a late goal in that to win it. Uh, someone got red carded for the Red Bulls. I forgot who it was. Kenny Cooper had a penalty that he scored for the Red Bulls. Um, so, but yeah, 2012 was, and that was the expansion year for um, the Impact. So it's been yeah. a long time since they've won up there. Red Bulls did beat them early in the year, though, in Red Bull Arena 3-1. And the Red Bulls have won five of the last seven regular season meetings against the Impact. Um, after this game, the Red Bulls don't play again until September 16th down in D.C. You know, take advantage of uh, having the off time. Now with this Montreal game, um, 
uh, we mentioned it earlier, uh, earlier about being able to rest the guys. But heading into this, where a place where they tend to struggle, just the importance of the, for the Red Bulls to be able to rest players like Bradley Wright Phillips, Kaku, Kamaru Lawrence for the whole game, and guys like Aaron Long, they had a little bit of a run out at the end of the match. Same thing with Danny Royer. You know, they came on late against Houston, but not having to play a full 90 minutes. Just pretty much having all these guys back in the starting lineup and fresh. Heading up to a place where they've struggled in the past, Montreal. You know, now they're really in a fight for their playoff lives. Just uh, the importance of that heading into this one. Yeah, look, I, I think it's not going to be easy. As you mentioned, the record is not that favorable up there at uh, Saputo. Yeah. Um, the Rebels are entering their last seven games of the season. Uh, the first one being this Montreal game. And uh, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that uh, these guys got rest because it's going to be important Uh The Rebels see that there's some some time off. Uh, they've had a very busy schedule, and I think that the players at this point, they got to be looking at this game and thinking, one more game. Let's put this one behind us. Let's get closer to clinching off that, that playoff uh, spot. Obviously, I don't think there's any danger right now that the, that the Red Bulls won't make the playoffs, but they need to continue to keep place with Atlanta because uh, at the end of September, they have that matchup at Red Bull Arena with Atlanta that could be for all the marbles. And that's uh, that's the with the last the last of four games uh, for for the Red Bulls. So they need to continue to win. But the fact that the, all these guys are going to be fresh, uh, it's going to be very good for the Red Bulls, and the Red Bulls really need this win. Obviously, it's not the end of the world if they if they miss out on points, but this is a team that the Red Bulls uh, should be beating, especially considering um, the six starters that they sat against Houston. Uh, so I think that it's it, it's going to be a a tough game because of you know just the the record that the Red Bulls have had up there, and they never uh, really have had a a good experience up at Saputo, but I think that uh, these guys that are fresh, they're going to come in uh, and they're going to uh, to win this game. I just want to make one one correction. I did say that the Red Bulls uh, had the best defense in the MLS. They do have the best defense in the MLS. However, they're tied with Seattle, and I think I mentioned Portland, and I apologize for, for making that mistake. My note was actually on this page, not on the other page. You're going to piss those guys off up there in uh, the Pacific Northwest. You get those two teams mixed up. No, I already screwed up the Carlos Rivas thing. I don't want to uh, screw we, up we, this we, one. We screw up the, I screw up things uh, pretty much every podcast as well. So I, th I think that's part of things. We got to screw up something and have our fans go find out what we screwed up during the match. You know, during the match. There you go. There's another screw up during the podcast. Yeah. All right. Um, you want to go through the last seven games for the Rebels? I got it in front of me. Uh, not at the moment. Maybe we'll save that for next week. Yeah, we could do that. But just heading uh, one last question, I guess. Um, with the performance against Houston, with some of the guys that stepped in, Brian White, someone who you think uh, this game is um, tied later, they're down a goal. You know, if they need if they need a goal late in the match, someone that they give they bring on. Um, not necessarily in, in that fashion where you got to bring on someone late, but someone else who uh, got some playing time that doesn't normally get the start or get a, get a long run out. Uh, anyone else in in that match uh, against Houston that you could see possibly uh, jumping in as well Saturday and having an effect on the game? No. No, I think that the Red Bulls are going to play their strongest lineup. RB2? 
Yeah, they're 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 gonna play well, their, not, their strongest lineup. They're, they're gonna start them again. I'm just saying, some of you thought, hey, you know what? If this happens during the match, they could bring them in here. Like, I mean, look, if if you look at who typically when the Red Bulls play the strongest eleven, when you look at who typically comes off the bench, is it's either Muil now Ivan is is being uh, added, uh, and it's Etienne. Those three guys are usually guys that uh, come in unless there's a guy that uh, that gets hurt. But those are the guys that have been uh, getting in the time. Obviously, Shatkowski, uh if he doesn't, if he starts, uh, if he doesn't start, he's always an option off the bench. But I mean, if you look for the most part, it's always those three, four guys that make uh, an entrance in, into the second half. Uh, if the Rebels are down and they need another forward, then we might see Brian White. Yeah, you would have to think someone like uh, Ivan, though, with being able to get his first start there in a run out, um, that he's really his emergence coming on. Uh, and then obviously with Brian White, that's really sort of pushed. Um, I, I don't want to beat up on him, but it's pushed really Etienne a little bit further down the pecking order as well. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's all about what the game needs and, and yeah. what the game plan is. So uh, if you need a box guy, you probably right now, Brian White is at the top of the pecking order following BWP. If you need a guy that could play more wide, you're looking at Etienne. You're looking at uh, Ivan. Uh, but don't forget that Ivan just got to the team. Is still He's still yeah. trying to learn and, and get adapted to the system. Um, but, yeah, it, it all depends on what the game asks for. And we, we I have seen in the past where they have brought on Etienne late for BWP, maybe to help you know kill off games where they have the lead. Um, I'm not saying he's a great defender, but he's able to go in there and you know do the job as well. Just a fresh set of legs, get BWP off, and just to run it out. So yeah. I, I think they're always going to find uh, some sort of role for him as and, well. And look, here's the other thing, right? So after the 11, you're allowed to have seven subs, one of them being the goalkeeper. So depending on the game plan uh, that Chris Armas devises for the game, you, you're also going to see it's a choice of seven guys that are going to make the bench or, or six six field players that are going to make the bench. So not all of them are going to make it. So it's all going to depend on who Chris Harmers is more ready. But I think at this point, why not have Brian White and, and give him a shot and get him in there? But yeah. it all depends on who else, who you're going to leave out. Yeah. If anyone, um, before we sign off, if anyone ha hasn't had a chance, you should go to the Red Bulls Twitter. They put up a, a video of some of uh, Brian White in training, um, some of the moves he pulls off just with, uh, you know, taking shots on goal and some of the obstacles they throw at him. It was pretty impressive. I, I almost pulled a hamstring just watching him do uh, half the stuff there. So. All right, Alfredo, we shall see how the Red Bulls do, if they can uh, snap. Um, their uh, their bugaboo up north of the border, up in the uh, great town of Montreal. Any of the fans heading up there this Labor Day weekend, enjoy yourself, especially if you can get up there. Uh, we're recording this Thursday night, so maybe you're listening to this if you're driving up there to Montreal or you're taking the about an hour, 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 ten minute flight from um, from any of the New York airports up to uh, Trudeau. En enjoy the weekend up there. It's a fun time, and hopefully. Uh, for our sake and for the fans' sake, the Red Bulls can come away with three points. Alfredo, it's great talking to you. Enjoy uh, the end of summer here, Labor Day weekend, and we'll be back next week. We'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll recap that game and just uh, look ahead to the rest of the way for the Red Bulls. So, but, Alfredo, great talking to you once again. Take care, Mike. All right, for Alfredo Fumasas, this is Mike Corbett. Thank you for listening once again.
to the Full of Balls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.